Hello and welcome to another episode of the Real Estate Investing Club. I'm your host, Gabe Peterson, and this is the place investors go to gain actionable advice, learn about current market trends, and hear war stories from other professional investors out there in the field today. Before we get started, I have two quick housekeeping items for you. First, if you like this episode, we would very much appreciate a like, subscribe, and share. It is the best way to support the show and keep it running far into the future. Second, if you're a new investor looking to get started in real estate or an experienced investor looking to take your investing to the next level, I've created an ebook just for you that will cover how to find deals that are actually deals, how to finance those deals with little to no money down, and how to exit those deals for maximum value. On top of that, I throw in an insane amount of free bonuses that you'll have access to once you buy the ebook. All I charge is our admin costs to keep this show running. So if you're serious about real estate investing and want to create both active and passive income as an investor, head on over to the website at therealestateinvestingclub.com and click on the button that says, get the ebook in the upper right-hand corner to grab yourself a copy. With that said, let's dive right in. Today, we have a very special guest with us ready to drop some investor knowledge on you. So buckle up, grab your pen and paper and enjoy the ride. All right, we are back with another episode of the Real Estate Investing Club. Today we have with us Sean Pan. Sean is a real estate investor and hard money lender based in the San Francisco Bay Area. Um, I actually added the San Francisco, he just put Bay, but I'm assuming that's the Bay he's talking about. Uh, in this episode, Sean's going to talk to us about the different types of hard money loans and how you can use them to fund investment projects. I'm super excited because I actually just dealt with uh, you know having a finance a really difficult type of loan. So uh, Sean, or project. So Sean, thank you very much for hopping on the show today. Gabe, thank you so much for having me on. All right. Told you before we got started, we always start with stories. Uh, I love hearing how people got from point A to point B. So why don't you take us back to yours? How'd you get started in real estate? You know, before I was a real estate investor, I was actually just a humble engineer. I went to school at UCLA. I studied electrical engineering and I worked for a defense contracting company for about seven years. Now, as fun as that was building these multi-billion dollar satellites, unfortunately, the career prospects and the financial aspect of that job wasn't very exciting to me. Really? As an engineer? Okay. I mean, I think some people in tech make like a million dollars a year. That wasn't the case for me as a defense (laughs) contractor. Okay. Okay. There are people who are like 20 or 30 years older than me, basically my dad's age, and they weren't happy where they were financially. You know, mm. They wish they took more risk when they were younger. They wish yeah. they tried different businesses or even worked at different companies, but they just wanted to remain comfortable. And now that they're nearing retirement, they wish they could have gone back in time and changed some things. Yep. So yep. that impacted me a lot. It's like, okay, uh, I don't want to be like you in 30 years. Let's do something now to not be in this situation. And so that's how I got to different businesses. And long story short, I ended up in real estate investing because I felt this was the, I guess, most... Uh, consistent way to become successful in a business. Gotcha. So, I mean, you're, you're working as a defense contractor on the engineering side. Um, I can totally relate, you know, my dad, I'm not on the engineering side, but just going into uh, jobs and seeing people, you know, 30 years, your senior and just being like, I don't really want to be in your situation. So get where you're coming from. Um, how did you actually decide, you know, real estate is the thing? What did you like read a pot or read a book, watch a podcast, or did you just look at, you know, real estate and being like, wow, these are all worth a million dollars. <laughs> Yeah. So I was actually really into Quora. 
you know, core.com is like a website mm-hmm. that's like a mm-hmm. QA forum. Um, people talk about different businesses all the time, like talked about Amazon FBA, Shopify, yep. and of yep. course, real estate investing was a big topic too. Yep. And as I mentioned, actually, I did have some coworkers who are more well off than other coworkers. And the ones who are more well off were real estate investors. Yeah. And they talked to me about the cash flow, about the appreciation. And of course, I delved into more books and podcasts from there and got really interested in the subject. Yep. That's funny you mentioned uh, FBA. When I, uh, before I, I settled on real estate as my entrepreneurial path, I actually did the e-commerce thing. I did a drop shipping company. And man, I'm glad I switched out. That is a, that's a rough, rough way to be. It is um, and the crazy thing is like, sometimes you can find early success, but the problem hmm. is it's not, I, I don't think it's, it's like a long-term thing, right? It yep. has a short shelf life. Someone else can come in and undercut you. Amazon can come in and undercut you. So yep. it's, it's a tough business. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I still have uh, one of the, one of the Amazon stores running. It's just kind of pounding the way, but there's been so many changes in that industry and it's, it's just not reliable with real estate. It's always there. It is a structure. It is like, you cannot destroy real estate really. Cause it's just land in, in the beginning. So right. Um, that's why I love it too. Cool. So you got, you know, you started as an engineer, you went through it, you said, no, this is not my path, decided to go to real estate. Um, and now you are both investing and you're a hard money lender. That's right. Cool. I love it. Um, hard money lending is a super important topic or just lending in general, because one of the most difficult things that people run into when they get into real estate is money. You know, there's so many people out there and they say you can, you know, you can do real estate with no money. That is total bullshit in my opinion. I know you can, you can do wholesaling. Even wholesaling you need to have your, you know, you need to have your marketing budget, but um real estate is very capital intensive as everybody knows and so you really do need to have access to some way to um secure the finances to actually take down a property. Hard money lending is one of the one of the easiest ways to do it when your property is not in great condition. So kind of take us down the money or take us down the road of hard money lending. What is it in your perspective and uh, what situations warrant a hard money loan? Yeah. So by definition, hard money loan is a loan that's based on the hard asset itself versus mm. on your personal like borrowing criteria. Oh, interesting. I didn't know that's where the actual name came from. That makes yeah, sense. So, so if you go to like Wells Fargo or Chase and you try to get a loan, they're going to look at your debt to income ratio, right? They're going to want to see your income, your tax returns, and they're going to give you a loan based on how much you can afford, right? Yep. But let's say that you already have you know a huge loan for your primary residence and you already have a bunch of rental properties. Um, so your debt to income ratio looks really bad, but you happen to find this one really good deal that's, you know, fifty percent, um, you know, less than what it should be sold for. A regular bank won't care. They say, well, you don't have enough income from your your full time job to support this other mortgage. Whereas a hard money lender will look at it differently. They'll say, okay, um, yes, we understand that you have all these other loans. We don't really care about that. What we want to know is, do you have the financial means to successfully complete this deal? Like, do you have enough money for the down payment? Do you have enough money for the rehab costs? Do you have enough money for six months of interest payments? Mm. Okay, you can do this deal. Here you go. Here's the money. Now, of course, the trade-off is hard money loans do cost more than a traditional loan. So I was Fargo or Chase. You can get an investor loan for like 3.5% now. Whereas a hard money loan, they're going to be in the 8 to 9 to 10% range. Some hard money lenders go to 12%, right? Mm -hmm. So you have a whole like range of hard money lenders out there. But the whole premise is the same. They're lending based on the deal instead of on just your borrowing qualifications. Yep. Yep. And I think that is a super important, um, clear or qual or clarification, man, my, my words are not working today. I haven't had my coffee. That's a problem. Um, that's a super important thing to think about is that it is based on the actual asset and not on you. Um, so everybody out there, if you're, if you've been looking at properties, you're making offers, 
um, but you can't seem to buy them. You can't seem to get financing for them. Maybe you don't have a W-2. Maybe you, um, I don't know, your debt to income ratio isn't good enough. Hard money loans are a good way to go because they do go based off of the property, like Sean said. However, as you mentioned, they are very expensive. Um, and so, Sean, what situations do you think people should be using hard money loans in? I mean, I gave you a perfect example. When I started flipping houses here in the Bay Area, I had already had my primary residence, um, again, here in the Bay Area, and I already had a bunch of rental properties. And I was making a pretty you know, modest salary as an engineer, but not enough to get another property here in the Bay Area. You know, fixers here cost almost a million dollars, okay? Yep. But I had a deal where we ended up buying it for like $865,000. Because I was able to use a hard money loan, I was able to get the property and then we sold it for $1.4 million. So we made a huge spread on that. Now that deal would not have been possible without the ability to use hard money. So yes, it is more expensive than traditional loans, but it's a tool that enables you to get in the deal in the first place. So really yeah. use a hard money loan if you have a good deal. Don't use a hard money loan if you're just kind of picking at straws and hoping that you're going to get saved by appreciation. That's, yep. that's very risky. Yep. And I'll actually use a, an example, a recent example of mine. Um, I was looking and I mean, you've used examples for, uh, for residential properties, which is most common. I'm at, they're also available in commercial properties, although there aren't as many people out there lending, doing hard money loans for commercial. But um, I was looking at a self, self storage facility that was 100% vacant, which meant nobody wanted to lend on it. So I went and did the hard money route. Um, this was a 22 cap on, on the flip. So once it's filled up and it's, you know, to market rents, it's 22. Um, so it, you know, the value's there. I took the risk. It was a 9% interest, which is a lot higher than, you know, Wells Fargo is going to give you. Um, but, you know, I had that plan. You have to have a plan if you're going into a hard money loan, because you don't want to be under that 9% interest for, you know, 10 years or however long the amortization period is. Had the plan and I'm going to refinance out um, at year one. So once there's been a, a year of, of operations, uh, under, under, you know, under our belt and we can go to another bank and say, Hey, check it out. This property is bringing in a lot of money. You can, you know, you can lend on it and it'll be safe. So it's an example from my side. Um, I want to talk a little bit more about, you know, from an insider's perspective, you are, you know, you are on the, on the lending side, um, versus the buying side. And so I'm sure you have some tips and tricks that other people just aren't privy to. So from the perspective of somebody going out looking for a hard money loan, what are some things that normally they don't think about um, that you know, buyers should, be, or should, should understand? Okay, sure. So I guess a lender's main purpose is you know, they obviously want to generate profit, but they also want to reduce their own risk as well. Uh, one of the biggest factors of risk is the loan to value. So a lot of new investors, they don't have a lot of money. And they try to maximize on their loan to value. They want 90% of the purchase and 100% of the rehab budget. Mm -hmm. So of course, for a new borrower, like they're happy to do that because they don't have as much money. For a lender, it's really scary and really risky because if something happens, even just a little bit, then they're going to be underwater and they may not be able to pay you back. Mm -hmm. So if you're able to put in more money for a deal, like you don't need 90%, you only need 80%, then that'll allow your lender to lower their overall rates. Yep. Um, hard money loans in general are also way more flexible because we don't have just a set matrix. Everything's kind of curated to the particular borrower. So if this one borrower has more experience or this one borrower has multiple quotes, you know, the lender is able to be more flexible. So I would say just uh, strengthen your position, right? Like have the better credit score, lower your LTV, um, have more experience and do repeat business with one like lender and you're going to get overall lower rates. And it's all like a negotiating thing, just talking and seeing what you can do. 
and there's flexibility there. Yep. Um, and I mean, on the, you mentioned, uh, you know, bringing more money to the table and you're right. A lot of new investors, they don't have a lot of money to bring to the table, which is why they're using, um, hard money loans or, or whatever it may be. Um, but an, an option you could do is uh, do a JV with the project, go find someone who has a lot more money. Um, and they could be the sponsor and they can help you with that down payment. You can go get the hard money loan. Um, and you know, between the three of you, you guys could take down the project and, uh, and make it work. Yep. So we, we see that all the time. Like some people have like the hustle to find deals. Some people just have money and great credit. So combined together, it looks like, you know, a solid package together. Yep. Absolutely. Awesome. So, uh, you're also an investor. I mean, you do your own projects. It sounds like you have a, a rental portfolio. Um, what is it that you focus on, on the investing side? Yeah. So, uh, there's a combination of things. So I flipped properties in the past and my fiance and I, we have around 23 rental units across the country. Uh, so I guess a mixture of both. And of course, like right now I'm planning on moving. So you might hear some banging in the background, but <laughs> we are doing some rehab because we're going to make this property into like a long-term Airbnb. Oh, nice. I, uh, I just had someone on the podcast who that's all he does is long-term Air- Airbnbs and sounds like a very lucrative, um, you know, model. It also sounds like it could be, uh, if you don't have the right property manager, there could be quite, quite a bit of headache there, but, um, yep. the, the upside sounds great for sure. Yeah, you're basically doubling your like long-term rents by doing it on Airbnb. So that's the reason. It's like a fully oh, really? furnished. It's like a fully furnished rental, but because you're doing it over 30 days, then you don't have to worry about any of the local city ordinances. Gotcha. So if uh, it sounds like you do long-term rentals and Airbnbs between the two, do you do? Oh, do you have multifamily in there? Or is it just uh, just those two? Uh, I mean, multifamily only in like the one to four unit capacity. I don't have anything like commercial multifamily. Gotcha. Okay. Not yet. Um, well, you know you know, there's plenty of years in the future, right? So you got residential, you got uh, Airbnb of those two. What is your preferred uh, model? So we don't have a lot of experience with Airbnb. I've only done Mm. maybe like one or two. Uh, So most of our portfolio are just like long-term rentals. And I Mm. think those are like, like, those are great. Um, In the future, we do want to delve into like Airbnbs. I think it's just like a riskier model, right? So it's kind of like a pyramid stack, like the long-term rentals are just solid. Like they're there, they're based. Yep. And then we can start making more like interesting plays in the future. Yep. Yep. Yeah. It's uh, I mean, you, you get rewarded for that risk. They are riskier, um, but you also get additional income. So, um, you know, there's, there's a win, you know, it's a, it's a balance. It's a teeter there. I like it. I mean, the way I see it is Airbnbs and short-term rentals, that's like a service business. Okay. You're running, yep. it's not really a quote unquote real estate investing anymore. You're running a service business you have all these operations to make it like a pleasant customer experience. And that's how you get rewarded. Yep. Yeah. Um, I've actually heard that uh, distinction. That was the word I was looking for a distinction earlier. I heard that distinction. Uh, you said it's a service-based business versus an investment. And I think that's absolutely true. Um, that's also true for things like, you know, self-storage facilities. It is an investment, but it's also a service. I mean, you, now it is a business. You're, you're, there's a service that's expected. It's not just a house that somebody's living in. Um, so you should, you know, you should put, do that, that extra mile to make sure that it looks, uh, looks and feels good for the customer. I mean, it's just like renting an apartment versus a, a hotel, right? A hotel, you have all these things to make your, um, guests feel great. Whereas for a rental property, they're just tenants, right? Yep. Yep. But we love our, our just tenants. So if you are a, just, a, a tenant, love you too. All right. Just took a peek at the clock. It looks like we do need to move on. It is time for the quick question round. Are you ready? All right, let's do it. All right. Um, it always starts with, here we go. Starts with books. I'm a big bookie. Um, but you know, if you, if books aren't your thing, you can use any other type of, uh, or, or medium of education. So give me two recommendations 
one for general life wisdom and one for real estate specific. So for general life wisdom, I really love autobiographies, um, not just biographies, but autobiographies. That way you can like peer into someone's mind and like what they were thinking of when they made these big decisions. So a great book that I recommend any of your listeners is Shoe Dog from Phil Knight. He's the founder oh, cool. of Nike. Nice. You can find out like, hey, what are his thoughts as a young guy to go to Japan, find the shoe company, and then sell those same shoes in America, but rebrand it. You know, like all these different huh. things you don't even think about, right? Yeah. Amazing story. I highly recommend it. On the real estate side, honestly, I've read so many books and I have my own podcast too. So I've talked to so many different um, people that I haven't read a real estate book in quite a while. But I remember back when I was first getting started, um, the ABCs of real estate investing was a solid book that just taught you the basic fundamentals of investing in real estate. Cool. I love it. Um, I, 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 that's a good point about autobios. I've never, I've never been a bit, or I've never really read them to be honest. Um, but it's a good point. You know, you're hearing it from their perspective and I didn't know Phil Knight actually went to, uh, to Japan and brought shoes back. That's, uh, yeah, that's it's interesting. a big part of the story. Yep. I'll have to jump into that. Um, all right. Next question. This one is just looking at my list here. There we go. So, um, if you can go back to your younger self, the younger Sean who had no experience in real estate, you were the engineer, you were looking at those people 30 years, your senior, you're like, I don't want to be there. Go back to him, look him in the eye, give him one piece of advice moving forward. Uh, I would say the biggest thing is don't get greedy. Okay. So Oof, that's there good. are times when you do really, really well in any business or any kind of venture, right? Stocks, crypto, whatever. And you make a lot of money really quickly. You start to think that, oh, this is easy. I can yeah, easily I got replicate the success. And then you, you go too hard. That's when you get in trouble. So yeah. it happened to me. I was flipping houses. I made a lot of money on my first few flips. And then I thought this is too easy. I decided to buy more flips and I over leveraged. Yep. Now that's where you get in trouble because when the market turns and you're over leveraged on multiple properties, then you take a very big hit. Yep. Um, so it happened to me. Luckily I was, you know, I had enough of backing where I was good, but it was a very painful lesson. So I would say just don't get too greedy. That is really good advice. You're the first person to say that. And I think it's very uh, apropos, um, or maybe that's not the word, but it's it's relevant to people just starting out. Don't get greedy because once you get that first big paycheck, you're going to be like, Woo, top of the world. I'm the king. I can do this all day, every day. But if you expand too much, you're going to get hit in the butt. So good, uh, good piece of wisdom there. Moving on. The next one is about checking it out. Habits. Yes. Habits are the foundation of our life. So if you could point to one thing in your life, you do day in and day out that contributes the most to your overall health, well-being and happiness. What would that be? It's gotta be my to-do list. Like it keeps me on track. I don't have to have this mental recording of what I need to get done. Anytime anything like relatively important, it needs to be done. I type it into my like Google doc and it's there. So I just have to look through, make sure I got all my things done. And then I feel good. I don't have any like mental stress. Cool. I love it. The to-do list is so important. I actually use to-do-ist, which is an app. And I just, ugh, just can't live without that thing. I love it. Um, moving on. So here we go. Uh, we are all uniquely gifted. Um, each and every one of us has something that we're specifically good at. Um, you know, nobody is, uh, is taken out of this. We all have our, our strengths. So if you could point to one thing that you feel is your Superman strength, that you feel you are exceptional at, what would that one thing be? Um, I would say I'm naturally inquisitive. Like I like asking questions. I never feel like someone doesn't have something that I don't know about, right? Like everyone has something to offer. Um, I mean, that's why, again, I have my own podcast. I love having guests on the show because I learn something new every single time you have someone on. It's, it's such an amazing phenomenon that you can have like hundreds of people talking and everyone has something different to say. 
Yeah. Um, yeah. That's, that's my, my thing. I like talking to people. So usually in conversations, it's weird. Like now I'm talking a lot, but normally it's the other person talking for like 70% of the time. And I talk only 30% of the time. Yep. I love it. Being inquisitive is super important. I can't remember. I think it was, uh, um, I don't want to butcher it. Somebody said that, that that's a very important quality to have. I don't remember who it was. It was a good quote. I'm not going to butcher it though. Moving on. Um, so the United States, it's a huge place. There's so many square miles out there. I don't even know how many there are, um, but which means there's a lot of places to invest. So if you could pick one place in the United States that is not your you know, immediate geography, what would that area be? Um, I mean, I have properties all across the country, right? So we have many different markets that we're in. Um, one market that I'm happy to share is Jacksonville, Florida. I like that market a lot. Um, I've bought there in 2017. Several of my investments have now doubled in value since then. Um, it's been just amazing. If as long as you're okay with you know dodging hurricanes, right? Yeah, the the Sun Belt. You know, there's there's issues there. I just bought a self storage down in uh, Arkansas, but it's inland. Um, and I've had deals come you know come to me like in uh, in New Orleans that were really good on paper, but I was just like. I just, I can't do that. I just, I don't want to deal with that stuff. Yeah, exactly. Um, but that's cool. Jacksonville, I've heard is really good. All of Florida has just been blowing up. So that, that has to be, uh, has to be pretty good. All right, moving on. And this one is for the listeners. You've given us a lot to think about. So I'm sure people out there want to reach out and say hi. So what is the best way for someone to, uh, to do that? Yeah. So if anyone is looking to get into real estate investing, or if you're looking for a hard money loan, you can reach me at Sean at everythingrei.com. That's S-E-A-N at everythingrei.com. Um, I also have a podcast called the Everything Real Estate Investing Show, launched on Apple Podcasts and on Spotify. And also have a YouTube channel. If you can find it at youtube.com slash Sean Pan Invest. Cool. So Sean, that has been, it's been a pleasure having you on here. Thank you very much for coming on and uh, sharing your wisdom about real estate. Thank you so much, Gabe. Really appreciate it. All right. For everybody who's here with us today, thank you guys for showing up. You are the reason we do this. So if you guys have any questions whatsoever, reach out to me, Gabe at the real estate investing club.com. Other than that, hope you guys have an absolutely fantastic week. Keep rocking real estate. And I look forward to seeing you on the next episode. Thank you for joining us for another episode of the Real Estate Investing Club. I hope you guys enjoyed the episode as much as I enjoyed putting it on and were able to pull some actionable advice that you can apply in your own investing today in the field. Before you go, we have a gift for you. If you're a new investor looking to get started or an established investor looking to invest, take your investing to the next level. I've created an ebook just for you available on our website. This ebook, ebook will cover how I was able to create both active and passive income in real estate with very little money to start with. In it, I will address the three most often cited obstacles new and veteran investors run into by showing you how to find deals that are actually deals, how to finance a deal with little to no money down, and how to exit those deals for maximum value. And if you get the ebook today, I am throwing in a bundle of bonuses, seven of them to be exact. The first one will be the off-market lead generation blueprint, which will take you through the exact systems and processes we use to generate off-market leads like clockwork, which is the most important skill when it comes to creating wealth in real estate. The second bonus is the A to Z REI systems and vendors guide, which will allow you to peek under the hood of our business and see the exact tools, systems, and even the vendors we use to see the success that we do. And the third bonus is the top 100 best performing keywords pack, which is which will give you the exact keywords we use to target motivated sellers online using PPC ads. 
The fourth bundle is, or the fourth bonus is our contracts bundle for wholesaling and renting real estate, which will give you access to all the contracts we use in the field to execute all different types of transactions. After that is the investor's quick analysis calculator and offer tool, which will allow you to quickly calculate whether a deal is an actual deal and will allow you to create an offer automatically from those calculations. This is a lot of of bonuses that I said. I'm just going to keep going down the list. Number six is the investor's daily success tracker, which is a tracker you can use to ensure you are taking the right actions day in and day out to reach your financial goals in real estate. And the last bonus is the wholesalers template for quick assignment cash, which will give you the templates we use to present our wholesale deals professionally and efficiently to our buyers. Whew, that is a bundle. So it's a mouthful. You get all of those bonuses for free when you download the ebook. All we charge is the admin cost to run the show. So if you're interested in the ebook and the bonus bundle, head on over to the website at therealestateinvestingclub.com. Click on get the ebook bundle at the top of the page to take advantage of that deal. And with that said, I hope you have a fantastic day and even better week. Keep rocking real estate. And I look forward to seeing you on the next episode. All right, before I officially sign off, I have a quick announcement to make. If you're interested in becoming a passive investor in one of my deals, my own company, Kaizen Properties, is looking for capital partners for our upcoming projects. We invest in what are known as recession-resistant assets, mainly self-storage facilities, mobile home and RV parks, and industrial properties. If you're interested in investing and would like to learn a little bit more about my company, our investing criteria, and some of the previous projects we've done, Go to the Real Estate Investing Club podcast at therealestateinvestingclub.com and scroll all the way down to the bottom of the page. Click on the invest with us button. That'll pop up the investor form. Fill that out and we will reach back out to you as soon as we can. Or if you prefer a little bit more of a personal touch, you can reach out to me at gabe at therealestateinvestingclub.com. So really, that is it. Again, it was a pleasure hanging out with you guys during this episode, and I look forward to seeing you on the next episode.